Welcome to NVC Life. I'm Rochelle Lamb, veteran NVC trainer and relationship coach, helping listeners navigate interpersonal conflict and ground more deeply into relational living. Greetings, fellow humans. In this episode, I'd like to explore the subject of scary honesty. That was the title of a session that Marshall Rosenberg would give during international intensive trainings where people would gather for a nine-day residential training. And there would be several other trainers working alongside with Marshall. I had the honor of uh, working alongside him for a few of the international trainings that took place. And Marshall had a particular curriculum that he followed with various topics, and one of them was titled Scary Honesty. I was always drawn to that particular title, as I know many participants were. And so I thought it would be an interesting subject to explore in the podcast. I think you probably already get a sense of what scary honesty means. It means to open oneself up and to reveal oneself, to be vulnerable, uh, which doesn't necessarily mean to be weak because it takes a certain amount of courage and strength to be vulnerable. But a person who is vulnerable and exposing themselves is open to hurt. Of course they are. We're always open to hurt, but even more so when we open up. How will what I say be received by you? This is always the big concern. And in intimate relationships, What are people afraid of? I would say that they're afraid that the other person will reject them or push them away. And if you dig a little deeper, there's more to it than that. I think what we're ultimately afraid of is how we will respond to our own feelings when the person we're speaking with responds in a way that is challenging for us. And so we concern ourselves around something that's very legitimate. It's possible that the relationship might not be strong enough or resilient enough to withstand the pressures that accompany a deep dive into personal truths. And when I say personal truths, I am meaning more what it's like to be inside your skin and experience certain things. For instance, let's imagine that you want to feel closer to your partner than you do. You have experienced periods of closeness in your relationship, and now you feel a kind of coolness setting in, and you want to be able to say something about that. So personal truth there is is meaning I'm, I'm noticing that I'm aware of a distance between us, and I'm not quite sure how to shake it off or how to make sense of it, and I'd like to check in with you. Do you feel similarly? Have you noticed that? And if so, what do you make of it? Now, not everyone is cut out for those types of conversations, although I do believe and I do urge people to move in that direction. If you're not willing, capable, 
at least have some curiosity about having those types of conversations, it usually is the beginning of the end. Or it represents a challenging time in the relationship where you will not be on the same page, where you will not be able to experience the kind of closeness that maybe you have become accustomed to or that you yearn for. We want to be able to share that there's something inside of me that I just want to bring to light right now. And I'm hoping to have you partner with me on exploring this. Now, people have sensitivities, they get defensive. Are you telling me I'm doing something wrong in the relationship? Like these are all the types of things that we have to contend with. And so one word of advice I would give is go slowly. Because when it comes to these types of conversations, there's a lot happening and there's a lot that can surface. I know you know what I'm talking about because you've experienced it for sure, where things get away on you and you're not even sure what the subject of conversation is anymore because it's it's moved. Uh, even though you're still speaking about discomforts, what you had hoped to be able to track is now lost to you. So it does take an enormous amount of courage and mindfulness. Can you track what's happening in the conversation? You know, in the context of nonviolent communication, we are talking about feelings here, which is the second step of the NVC process, and also needs, because that will be part of your conversation. You have a need for closeness and connection, and you're not feeling it now. You want to find a way back to it. And I think it's a good time to mention that as most people who are familiar with nonviolent communication will know that in NVC, we teach people to take responsibility for their own feelings. In other words, you are not the source of how I feel. I am not the source of how you feel. Now, this is often news to people uh, because they don't see it that way. You make me feel a certain way. I make you feel a certain way. But in NVC, that's not how we view it. We break it down as follows. I can be a stimulus for your pain and your happiness, and you can be a stimulus for my pain and my happiness. So you're the stimulus. You're not the cause. Needs are what causes feelings. Needs and the thoughts that we have around those needs either being met or not being met. And so that's what it means to take responsibility for our feelings. Now, here's one of the things that often occurs when people are brand new to NVC. They learn this. Ah, oh, great. Okay, I'm not responsible for other people's feelings. And then when they go home and they're loved one says something about how they're feeling displeased, this is the time when the person who's gone to the NVC workshop will say, well, I'm not responsible for how you feel. And that's the end of the conversation. That is not what nonviolent communication encourages, though. What nonviolent communication encourages is that you recognize that what the other person is saying is that's over in their lane. But that doesn't mean that you're not somehow connected. If this is someone you care about, hopefully you would be interested. You'd have a curiosity. 
I know that's hard to come by in the early stages of communication skills development, and it's a trait well worth cultivating. Okay, so this other person is feeling some pain, hurt, alone, and they have a need for connection or to to be heard, just to get something off their chest. And so can you recognize that even though you're not the source, you are in relationship with this person and there is something you've said or done that is a stimulus. You're not the cause, you're the stimulus. The cause is what they value. If a person has a need, for instance, for consideration, as everyone does, but let's say that that's the need that's been activated in the moment. It could be something like, I didn't call when I, it was clear to me that I was going to be 45 minutes late and I didn't call you. So I didn't meet your need for consideration. Now I'm not the cause of your distress in that moment. And here's why. It's possible, and it does occur. You might be the kind of person who doesn't get frustrated around a person being late. Or maybe you yourself got caught up with something, and you're late as well. There is no absolute universal rule that states that one person's lateness is inevitably the cause of another person's distress. And there's no certainty that because I haven't called you, that you're going to be angry with me or frustrated with me. You might be totally fine with it. Oh, well, I'm glad I had the extra time because I needed to do X. Okay. So I hope that's clear. I just think it's important to recognize that the stimulus and the cause are distinctly different things. So You want to take responsibility for your feelings and encourage others to take responsibility for theirs. And the way you do that is you connect their feelings to their needs and you connect your feelings to your needs. What we say and do, that's the stimulus, but it's the needs and what you value that is causal, as well as your thoughts about that. Marshall used to say this, when I'm angry, three things are true. One, there's something that I'm wanting that I'm not getting. Two, I'm thinking that it should be given to me. Three, I'm about to speak or behave in a way that virtually assures I will not get what I want. And even if I do get what I want, it won't be given to me in the way that I most want it to be given to me. So it's that word should. I'm thinking it should be given to me. Something should be happening. And to the degree that we have those types of expectations, we're going to suffer when we don't get what we expect. Something to keep in mind. Let's go back to this piece around, I'm worried that if I say something to you, you will get defensive. And so I'm hoping that we can have a conversation, you and me, about what's transpiring in our relationship so we can go deeper. That's the reason for doing it. Not so that we can be on a fault-finding mission, but that so we can actually know each other. You know, it's kind of interesting how Just because you spend many years with a person doesn't mean you know every aspect of them and that there's nothing left to know. There are 
significant areas in which we don't know the person we're with. And in that sense, that's a wonderful thing. You know, you can maintain a curiosity. We will never know the full depth of a person. And isn't that wonderful? That person has aspects that will be remaining mysterious to you forever. Austrian poet and novelist Rainer Maria Rilke said the following, I hold this to be the highest task of a bond between two people, that each should stand guard over the solitude of the other. And he also wrote the following, Once the realization is accepted that even between the closest human beings, infinite distances continue to exist, a wonderful living side by side can grow up, if they succeed in loving the distance between them, which makes it possible for each to see the other whole and against a wide sky. That's a beautiful image to hold. And it's how I'm going to conclude this episode, that even though we have this desire to be very close to others, there are times when that desire can interfere with a kind of sacred space, if you will, that can exist between two people and one that would hold them still in deep connection with each other as they continue to deepen in their relating. And that's something to aspire to. Thank you for tuning into NBC Life. For future episodes, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. For free resources or to book a private session with me, head over to rochellelam.com. Until the next time, stay sane, grateful, and generous. Thank you.